Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the Lakers Nation live post-game show slash podcast. If you're listening to us over on Apple Podcasts, welcome in. Everybody coming in from YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. We'll be taking your questions and comments. The Lakers did just get the win over the Houston Rockets, the worst team in the NBA. But a win is a win. No Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, no Dennis Schroeder, no Alex Caruso, and somehow... The Lakers got the job done again. The Rockets are a very bad team, but it wasn't without some drama. The Lakers needed a little bit of uh, of some heroics from Kyle Kuzma to finish things off down the stretch in order to get the W. Joining me tonight is Matt Peralta, who I'm sure is a little bit excited because Wes Matthews made the defensive stop to seal the game. Yeah, if it wasn't for the West Matthews stop, man, I would have been way more annoyed about this game. But uh, we got the win, and I, I guess that's what matters. But uh, I, I actually tweeted this out during the game. I, I said that I've never been so annoyed with a team like the Lakers that dominates the paint like they did tonight, and it's it still was this close. So I guess beggars can't be choosers given where the things where things are right now. But a win's a win. Yeah, I mean, look, this was they, they set a record today. This was the game where they scored more points in the paint. Then at any point in Lakers history, I think they finished with, what was it, 86? I got to look at the stats here. 86 points. 86 86. points in the paint, the most in franchise history. Like, and this franchise has a long history, the most in franchise history, and this still ended up being a really close game. The Lakers win by two at the end, 124 to 122. It, It felt like the Lakers' effort and energy wasn't really fully into this game and maybe that makes sense because they did have that kind of emotional overtime game against the Knicks last night yeah I think there was some of that and then you know obviously the team shorthanded uh no LeBron no AD no Alex Caruso again um and then you know the emotions of banner night so uh, there are a lot of factors at play here they're also on the second end of a back-to-back so there is also that factor and then you know, the Lakers have a habit of playing down to their competition. And like you've already alluded to, the Rockets are just not a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were already not a good team. And then most of their players sat out this game also. So we were <laughs> we, we were joking in our, in our, in our text chat that uh, we didn't even really know half the guys that were playing tonight for the Rockets. So, um, hey, man, again, the Lakers won. That's, that's what matters here. But uh, you would have preferred to see them actually come out and, and assert some dominance, even though they were shorthanded. But... <laughs> But we'll take a W. I mean, it's it's all it's all we can say right now, right? I mean, look, the, yeah, we would prefer the Lakers didn't leave this thing down to the wire against a team like the Rockets. We prefer they just come out, take care of business, and, and call it a day, and they win by 20 or something like that. But this is the path they had to go down. No LeBron again. No LeBron. No AD. No Schroeder. No Caruso. Taylor Horton Tucker starts at point guard. Markeith Morris goes from barely playing to maybe even benched to starting. I mean... It was a bit of a, a strange night in that regard. And so the Lakers, whatever, you'll, you'll take a win. This keeps their hope of getting the sixth seed alive, although the Portland Trailblazers did pick up the upset win against the Utah Jazz tonight <sighs> because, of course, they did. Um, there's no team at the top that wants to do the Lakers any favors right now. And so uh, I have a feeling Utah uh, was was going to try to make sure that uh, that Portland doesn't, uh, doesn't fall into that sixth seed or anything, or the seventh seed, that it's the Lakers that have to go through the play in tournament. Yeah, I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, Utah did the Lakers no favors tonight by dropping this game to Portland. And, and you know, credit to the Trailblazers too. They've been playing really good basketball. Um, I know that the game that they played against the Lakers where the Lakers should have won, 
you know, I know that happened, but the Portland Trailblazers have been playing really good basketball recently, so kudos to them. But yeah, you, you kind of hope that the, the Blazers would drop this game because prior mm-hmm. to this game, uh, you know, they only needed to go, I believe, two and one to to uh, to give the Lakers a shot to still make it up to six. But now that they beat Utah, they either need to uh, win one more game or the Lakers need to lose one game and then they're locked into the sixth seed. So uh, it, it looks really likely now that the Lakers are going to be in the playing tournament. There's also Dallas that they could slip, but their last two games are pretty easy. I believe they play Toronto and Minnesota. So right. you can probably chalk those up to wins for Dallas. So it, it is really likely that the Lakers play the playing tournament as a seven seed. And I think that realistically, if we see the Lakers um, going up against some of these teams late, like the Lakers have some motivation, right, this weekend to, to really play. The Denver Nuggets, who the Portland Trailblazers are playing in the final game of the season, they kind of want to lose that game because they they don't want to move out of their seating. They like where they're at right now um, in the four seed. So I don't see this really changing much. I think Portland is going to pick up a win, and that's going to be enough to lock things in. And so it does look like the Lakers are going to be in the play-in tournament. Had they lost tonight, that would have sealed it. They would have been in the play-in tournament for sure. But it feels like now that Utah lost to Portland, that, that for, for all intents and purposes, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and I think, you know, the race for the one seed, if I, I haven't checked the standings recently, but I, I believe the, the number one seed hasn't been wrapped up either, right? So Utah and, and Phoenix are still duking out for the number one seed, right? So um, the Lakers, we've been saying that we prefer the Suns in the first round if the Lakers, you know, end up as seventh and then win the play-in or win their play-in tournament game and then end up as a seventh seed and play the number two seed. Uh, that could very still be Utah because given their loss to Portland tonight, uh, there's still a chance that they can make up ground the Suns in this case and still take one. So it could be we could be looking at Jazz Lakers in round one also. Yeah, I mean, to give everybody an update on, on the standings right now where they currently sit, the Jazz right now are still in the one seed, but uh, the Suns are a game and a half back. You've got the Clippers three and a half games back, and then the Denver Nuggets sitting four and a half games back. So there's a one-game difference between the Clippers and the Nuggets. I'm looking at this, though, and I don't think the Nuggets really care about moving up to three I, I think they're they're perfectly fine staying at four. They're certainly not st- not falling to five. If they stay at four, they probably get Portland in the first round. If not, they'll be looking at the the Mavericks. I think they would be okay with uh, with that eventuality. And then the Lakers currently sitting in seven. The Lakers are one game back behind both the Blazers and the Mavericks. But remember, they do not have the tiebreaker in either scenario. So if they wind up tied, the Blazers. And the Mavericks both go ahead of the Lakers. So most likely the Lakers will stick in that seventh seed. And right now, a half game back, the eighth seed is the Golden State Warriors. And a half game back of them is the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I know Lakers fans are kind of keeping our fingers crossed that maybe somehow Memphis can jump up there. But Golden State beating Utah a couple of nights ago didn't help in that endeavor. Uh, you know, you know, the gif from, uh, or the gif, sorry, from the hangover with, uh, Zach Elkanakis trying to do all the math in his head. Yes. I feel like yeah. that's what I was trying that's to us. do. That's just us right, right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally right now. Cause I had to keep track of, you know, where everyone was in the standings and given, you know, the tiebreaker, the, the tiebreaker thing is so confusing. I had to read that over so many times between the Dallas, right. Portland and LA tiebreaker. Cause it's a three-way tie or it used to be a three-way tie at that point. So, uh, yeah, 
guys, if you guys are confused about where everyone might end up and what the playoff matches matchups will look like, we are too. Uh, just <laughs> FYI, uh, we won't get any clarity until we find out, you know, the results of the games this weekend. Which, by the way, I don't think the NBA has released the schedule for this weekend yet, right? No, and that's actually they were talking about that on the broadcast. Uh, Stu Lanson and Bill McDonald were talking about that. Like they they were a little bit frustrated that they still don't know when the Lakers are playing this weekend. Like people need to schedule things and all of that. And oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not released yet. And like I said, it was a couple of days ago, Shams Tarania from The Athletic uh, put out there that they're all going to happen between 12 and 3 o'clock, roughly, Eastern time. Eastern all the games. Time, right. Which I actually kind of liked that, that all too. the games take place at the same time. Um, but then I guess some people complained. Some teams were not happy about that. And I, I get that side of it, too. And now that's kind of up in the air. Just tell us when they're playing NBA. Let us know what's happening this weekend. It would be nice by now. To know. Uh, spoiler alert, but I think I just figured out my master lock for tonight. But anyway, we can move <laughs> on. <laughs> Somebody said final score. Uh, Dennis Johnson, the Lakers win 124 to 122. We do need to talk about the this game itself. But you know what? A lot of people are asking, though, isn't the seven seed the better option? I'm seeing that pop up in our chat a lot. Yeah, honestly, I was more on the side of seven. stay in the seven seed. And rather than move up to six and get the clip Clippers in round one. In fact, this was something Ron and I were talking about this earlier today. Ron Gutterman, who was at the game and apparently put in a good word to Kyle Kuzma to get him to <laughs> score that final bucket. He was just texting us a minute ago about that. But yeah. I, Ron and I were discussing this and he said, if you really want to get crazy with conspiracy theories here, what the Lakers actually want to do is stay in the seven seed and lose the first game of the play-in tournament and then win the second, which I said that will never happen. They will not mess around with something like that. They would never do something like that on purpose. But if that did happen, let's just say that happened. Steph Curry goes berserk and scores 50, right? And the Lakers then wind up in the eighth seed. Round one, you get the Utah Jazz, right? And if you knock them off, round two, you would have the Nuggets or the Blazers, whoever would win that series. You wouldn't see the Clippers until the Western Conference Finals. It would be nerve-wracking for the Lakers to be one game away from elimination by, by falling to that eight seed, by having to play in that final game of the play-in tournament, and you're adding an extra game onto their schedule. But in terms of the path through, I think that's actually the easiest path through the West. Before I even address that, can you imagine the therapy session we would need to have oh, if they lost the play-in tournament game? It would be, and, and again, I'm seeing people in the chat saying it would be too risky. I agree. Look, they would not really do that, right? And if it did happen no. that way, yes, the therapy session would be epic. It would need to be massive proportions. Like, we would need to come up with some calming techniques. It, yes, <laughs> it would be, be nerve-wracking for sure. Yeah, so I, I do agree in a vacuum that the eighth seed path would be better than the seventh seed path, mm -hmm. path given if the standings shook out how they were today. I, I think that would be, you know, the path of least resistance, which is what we'd want. But uh, to address the earlier question, I think the seventh seed is still a good spot to be in, um, especially, again, like I said, if the standings hold up. Uh, we saw the Lakers play the Suns on Sunday uh, without LeBron James, without Dennis Schroeder, without Kyle Kuzma, still pull out a good win. So... You know, if I saw the Suns in round one, I'm, I'm probably calling five, maybe six games tops between those yeah. two teams in a matchup like that. However, then you get into the sticky situation where you're presumably playing the Clippers, the Clippers in round two. <laughs> the Clippers? Um, so that, that sounds much worse than the Clippers. 
Yeah, no, not those, but the Clippers for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I understand wanting to avoid the Clippers as as much as possible, given you know they are probably the Lakers' biggest competition in the playoffs, at least the Western Conference. But I, I feel like you know I'm 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 also not that scared of them to be honest with you. But that's just me. Um, something about second round and Clippers just isn't very intimidating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I agree. I agree, and I, I think that there would be. <laughs> There would be some kind of, I don't know, mojo working against the Clippers or the Cripplers, if you will, um, in the in the yes. second round because that does seem to be when they when they fall apart. I do have one person that's been asking me an interesting question here in the chat. Said, uh, "Where's the Lakers' draft pick going to fall?" That's something we really don't talk about much. The Lakers <laughs> have a draft pick this year, and that's kind of the the silver lining here to all of this losing that's taken place because the Lakers have been struggling and they've been having so many injuries and COVID and, and everything else. They've actually got the 21st pick in the draft right now. That's, that's not solid. bad. That's not bad. 21st yeah, pick. And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I am nowhere near a draft expert, but from no. the little research that I've done so far, I, and, I, and admittedly, most of my research came during that rough stretch in, in, in February and, you know, the beginning of April where the Lakers were just losing games left and right. Uh, this is actually a fairly deep draft. So assuming the Lakers decide to actually keep their pick this year, which, you know, I honestly kind of don't expect. But if, if they do keep their pick, I think they could get a decent role player out of it. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that we're not really going to consider or think about until after the playoffs, no. you know, just given that the Lakers are expected to still go pretty far in. But if the Lakers do end up keeping that draft pick, I trust the scouting department to pick out another player that's going to be useful going forward. Because um, outside of THT, uh, the Lakers do not have anything in terms of long-term assets. Right. So, it would be nice for them to replenish the cupboards, so to speak. Shout out to Danny H, by the way, for uh, you know hoarding all those picks and turning them into. Um, I'm blanking. What did they turn what them exactly? into? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, the 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 Celtics had no. They, it wasn't nothing. They got Jalen Brown. They got Jason Tatum. They got they got players, right? But that's not been Anthony the, Davis. That's been the big complaint, right? They didn't get Anthony Davis. They didn't get Paul George. They didn't get everybody else that they've been after. Almost. Aged. How did I spin this? Almost. Into, yeah. How did I spin? Yeah. How did I spin this into a Danny Ainge thing? But uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty amazed with myself. But yeah, almost Ainge strikes again. Almost Ainge. Almost Ainge. Um, Robert Gonzalez is asking, where do you check where we land in the draft? I actually just went over to Tankathon, which was a site that I became very very familiar <laughs> with, like three oh, yeah. years ago, four years ago, when the Lakers were we were in like the Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram era, where I was checking that a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's where I saw the the extended uh, draft pick uh, situation right now. Anyway, draft picks we are we are way over here. The Lakers just played a game, and we're talking about the NBA draft here. Matt, we do need to get into the next man up award, so let's do that. Don't have the graphic loaded, so let's just talk about it. The next man up from this game, not a pretty game. I've already had people in the chat commenting that uh, there is there was no defense being played. That it looked like it was a it was an all star game. All right, the Lakers just walk to the rim whenever they want. The Rockets shot a ton of threes. Who's the next man up for you? Or should I should we just pencil in Wes Matthews and and, and move forward? What who is it? <laughs> yes, it's always Wes Matthews. It's always Wes Matthews. Post no, 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 no. So I think the obvious answer is Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh 23 points, 10 assists. Uh Again, had another solid game as a distributor and scorer. So I, I think he's the obvious answer. But I, I, I'm actually going to show my man uh, Andre Drummond some love. I, I don't think I've picked him as a next man up this year yet. Um, so I'm going to go Andre Drummond. 
Uh, very efficient night, 20 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 9 out of 13 from the field. Excellent, 22 minutes. Um, he, he looks more like the center that I think the Lakers expected they were getting mm-hmm. when, when they signed him, right? And, and again, the Rockets are not the greatest litmus test for this. No. Um, they were incredibly undersized. One uh, and then two, it's it's you know it's Andre Drummond and he's going to feast against a small five out lineup like the Rockets put out tonight. So um, it's not the greatest indicator, but I, I'm glad that he's able to do this against this sort of team. And and this is a second night in a row where he's had a good game. Uh, last night being against the Knicks, where he put up I believe 18 and 16. So so 20 and 10 from Drummond, uh, really a solid efficient night. Defensively, I thought there were some miscues, but yeah. overall I thought he was solid. So. Uh, shout out to Andre Drummond for sure tonight. Yeah, look, I mean, Drummond, this is three solid games in a row. Last game, he had 18 rebounds and 16 points. So that's great. The game before against the Suns, he had seven offensive boards. He's becoming a bit more consistent for the Lakers. And I mentioned this in video today about how he's been uh, able to kind of really focus in on the rebounding. And then the Lakers haven't been asking him to track back defensively quite as often. Now, that does change a little bit tonight with Anthony Davis out. But he's been right. a monster there. Uh, on the flip side, Kelly Olenek, 24 points, six boards, eight assists, two steals, six of 11 shooting, four for six from three. Kelly, Kelly Olenek is just one of those guys that seems to blow up whenever he's playing the Lakers. I don't know why. Hashtag Laker killer. Yeah, he just yeah. he just is. Um, but that, so that side of things is not great. If you're Andre Drummond and that's the guy across from you and he blows up for 24, six and eight, that's a little bit rough. But But overall, not a terrible night for Andre Drummond. My pick though, I was going back and forth between uh, THT and the guy I think I'm going to go with. THT, nice night. 10 assists, 23 points, three turnovers, 9 for 16 shooting. Nothing wrong with that. That was a, a very strong performance from him. 0 for 3 from 3. It's really only complaint there. Uh, and only three turnovers in a game where he played 37 minutes and had to handle the ball most of the time because he's the last guard standing. Pretty good from THT. But I'm going to go Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, 32 sure. minutes. 8 for 12 shooting, 19 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, 1 for 3 for from 3, only 2 of 5 from the line. Ouch, Kyle Kuzma. But yeah. the rest of his performance, very, very solid, even blocked a shot. And here's what here's what tipped the scale for me. When I was trying to go between THT and Kuzma, it was at the end of the game, crunch time. THT got the first shot driving to the basket, got stopped, oh, yeah. gave the ball back out to Kyle Kuzma, and then he got the job done. So because Kuzma was the guy to get the go-ahead bucket, I'm going to go ahead and make him my next man up tonight. Have we gotten any comments in the chat about how Kyle Kuzma is suddenly playing better now that his hair is back to normal? Have we yes. uh, gotten any of those yet? That's been coming up. And not only has that been coming up, but people have been warning you that that you probably <laughs> shouldn't go blonde you, because of what we're seeing with Kuzma, that he's just a better player when he's not blonde. To be fair, they've won three games in a row and I'm still blonde. So... Just in my defense, but I, I do understand the concern. Um, <laughs> my my writing has not dipped. We said this when we first when I first dyed my hair that you know it my the the video and writing would take a dip, but I, I think I've still maintained you know the current level. So uh, I think I'm safe. For Kuzma, it might be an issue, but for me, it's not. Yeah. So Kuzma, it could be, it could indeed be an issue. Hopefully, you are immune to the effects of the bleached hair. I guess. I guess so. Um. I've got uh, I've got a few people commenting here. Matt, cut your hair. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's what's coming in right now. Oh no, people saying Matt Matt brings bad luck with his hair. I don't know. The Lakers are suddenly winning. It's three in a row. Yeah, what? I don't I don't think we can we can say that. Hey, so uh, somebody commented here. 
THT had a night. Here's what I want to ask. How much do we really take from this? You're playing the worst team in the league. Literally, this isn't hyperbole. This is not me just trying to, to trash the Rockets. They literally are the worst team in the NBA based on their record. Um, they're missing most of their players. They're not trying to win as a franchise. They're not trying to win right now. How much stock do we put into THD having a good night tonight? And how much of it just do we write off and say, well, they're playing a bad team? Um, I, I obviously think you don't take out too much of it, given what we just laid out. But I, I think that it is something to be said that he was still able to have this kind of performance. Um, I mean, we could easily be saying we could easily be complaining about THC having a bad night against a bad Rockets yeah. team. Right. So the fact that he had a good night says, I mean, a little something that, you know, he is clearly head and shoulders above most of the young talent on the Rockets, if not all of them. So that's one thing. And then two, I think it's a good stepping stone game for him too. Like you said, the Lakers are short, all their ball handlers outside of him. Uh, 37 minutes tonight, handled the rock basically the entire night, was the primary uh, playmaker and sometimes even the primary option in the half court. So um, I, I think these are growing games for him. I think these are, you know, confidence boosters. I think, you know, this will help him in the playoffs. So um, as far as like, you know, what you take overall from the game, not much, but I think for THT's growth and development as a young player, I, I think that's useful for him. And, you know, I think it's good for him to see that he can perform this well against NBA talent especially given his age and experience. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm in the, in the same boat. I'm not writing this game off. I'm not just dismissing it because they're playing the Rockets. You asked Taylor Horton Tucker to now be your starting point guard to play 37 minutes. Whenever I look up his usage, I'm sure it's through the roof in this game. Um, and, and he passed with flying colors in my mind. I thought he did a nice job. Were there some mistakes here and there? Yes. But again, 20 years old, I think that if anything, this just gives you a little bit more confidence in THT and his ability to contribute come playoff time. And it gives THT himself more confidence that he can step on the floor and he can run the show because he did just that tonight. Nice performance from him. And yes, the Rockets are bad, but I'm not going to write this, this one off. I think this was a this was a good game for him. And it's definitely uh, it definitely counts for something here. Yeah, absolutely. Confidence is uh, almost everything for a young player, especially for someone like THT playing on a veteran laden roster like the Lakers. So uh, when he when he has chances to shine and he takes and he takes those opportunities and runs with them, I, I think these are good. And, you know, it's it's uh, they, they kind of remind me of when we were cheering for the young Lakers, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the young core, Lonzo, Brandon, etc. It, it's nice to see that with this Lakers team that's still competing for a title. So um, like you said, I don't think you, you necessarily write this off completely. Um, I think there are some benefits and positives to take from it. And, you know, props to THT again for a really solid night yeah look he he was solid tonight and i do think that he's he's a guy they are going to turn to come playoff time i think it'll be interesting to see how he handles that so far we haven't seen very many many times where the moment was too big for tht and i'm hoping that's something that continues in the playoffs uh luis marrero from youtube says our team's purposely losing i don't think like i don't i don't think the jazz are losing on purpose to the Blazers, are they going all out for the win? Well, I mean, maybe they're trying to hold back a little bit to be more playoff ready, whereas Portland is like desperate to get the win and make sure they don't drop into the play-in tournament. So there's a little bit more motivation for Portland there. But I don't think Utah is seriously going into their game plan. Like like in the huddle, Quinn Snyder is saying, okay, guys, we really want to mess with the Lakers. So whatever you do, don't score on this next possession, okay? That's not a thing. No, I think every... T- yeah, no, I, I think every team plays to win, but I think, you know, how hard they're trying to win is very yeah. dependent on their situation. The Jazz have a one-and-a-half game lead, I believe, on the one, on the one seed, so uh, versus a team like Portland who's desperately trying to stay out of seven. 
you know, the stakes are a lot higher for them. So obviously they're going to try harder and pull out all the stops, whereas other teams like Utah, for example, aren't going to do that. So I don't think any team's purposely losing unless you're the Rockets, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I genuinely have a hard time believing teams are trying to lose, especially because I, I know everyone wants to say, like, oh, it's a conspiracy. Like, right. we need to mess with the Lakers. Like, I don't think that's happening at all. I think this is just teams, you know, playing it safe, try, just trying to get ready for the playoffs as best as they can and make sure they go in completely healthy. So this, that's really it. This is very normal for the end of an NBA season, right? I know it's frustrating when you're the team that's, that you feel like uh, you're, you're being wronged, right, when you're the team in that position. But this is pretty normal where we see these weird results towards the end of the season where teams that don't have a lot of plot to play for lose to teams that aren't as good but have more to play for. It's, it's something that happens. We saw it in the bubble last year. Right. When the, say once that, the yeah. Lakers locked in the one seed and then they kind of stopped trying, they st- they just started losing all of these games and they looked awful. But it's because they had nothing to play for. They had no reason to go out there and go all out. Um, all right. Let's talk about the big news for the night. Aside from the banner unveil, which, by the way, that that fantastic. Right. Fantastic. The banner oh, gets man. unveiled. Number 17 in the rafters where it should be. Loved seeing that. That was a great moment. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis in street clothes. Let's start with LeBron. Mm. Were you surprised when it came out that LeBron was not playing tonight? And what's your reaction? What do you think about that? Is that just the Lakers being safe? Is there reason for concern that maybe he's not healing as quick as we're hoping? Where where do you sit with this, Matt? Uh, so first part of that question, no, I was not very surprised at all. I know that the reports last week were saying that LeBron was going to target the Knicks game or the Rockets game, and it sounded like it was going to be a for sure thing. So when he sat the next the next game, I said, oh, you know, that makes sense. He still has the Rockets game to suit up for. And then you get to the Rockets game tonight, and then they rule him out again. And it's like, oh, uh, I'm not really too sure what's going on here. But uh, I mean, the Lakers have maintained for a while now that it's really going to LeBron's status is really going to depend up to him, how he feels, how his ankle's responding to treatment, where you have workouts, etc. We have to remember a high ankle sprain is nothing to really mess with. Um, He suffered it, I believe, on March 20th, if I got that timeline right, uh, which puts him about eight weeks. I think high ankle sprains typically take about, you know, 10, 12 weeks to really get back from. So uh, he's still very much in the healing slash, you know, getting back to himself process right now. So I'm not super surprised the Lakers are being super conservative with him, given also the fact that the Lakers have won the last three games. I think I think that's also playing a little bit of a factor into his decision. Um, also, the fact that the seventh seed is basically wrapped up for them. So, you know, I think getting LeBron healthy to the play-in tournament is obviously the utmost importance. So am I a little disappointed that he didn't suit up tonight, especially on banner night? Yes, but it was against the Rockets. The Lakers still pulled out the win, obviously. So, I mean, not super disappointed with that. Um, I think he just, I think I, okay. My honest opinion, I think he does suit up Saturday. I think they do want to get him some run this weekend, uh, this weekend against Indiana and then Sunday against new Orleans. So I think he does suit up, uh, as far as Anthony Davis goes, also not surprised. Um, I mean, they've been so cautious. They need to just bubble wrap the stars at this point. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, and that's, and I agree with you hundred percent on, on LeBron. My reaction was I was disappointed, but I understand I understand why they would not play him because now you get another two days in a row off. Right. Uh, you get two games back to, to get a little rhythm. That's not enough. Frankly, it's, it's just not. It's not enough time for him to get uh, get any kind of real momentum going. But if that's what it takes for him to be healthy, then so be it. And then on Anthony Davis, I was actually last night on the show, I was campaigning for Anthony Davis to sit out. As soon as he said his groin, his groin hurt. I said, that's it. You sit him out. I don't care if he says he's 100% tomorrow. You sit him out. You bubble wrap him if you must, just like you said, Matt, because you don't want to risk it. Not now 
when the playoffs are starting next week. There's just no reason reason for it. So I think the Lakers made the right call. Yeah, so I think with as far as Anthony Davis is concerned, I think after you've seen this recent stretch of him of looking like Anthony Davis, like the real Anthony Davis, I think it's okay to sit him because now you've seen the top gear that he can still, you know, get to. Um, I think, you know, that that's, you know, calmed some fear, anxiety with him because, you know, since people were complaining about AD not, you know, trying hard enough or not looking like himself. Now that we've seen it, I think, you know, he can get there when the time actually calls for it. So I think sitting him tonight was absolutely the right decision. Um, I'd expect him to be back on the and with the team on Saturday, especially if LeBron plays, because I know they probably want to get those two run together. So um, I'm, I'm not super concerned. I mean, I, I, you ideally would like them to have more games and more time to get together and get acclimated and, you know, ramp up properly. But this is just a situation the Lakers find themselves in. But if there's, you know, a superstar I trust, to get back, get himself back into shape and get acclimated as quickly as possible. It's LeBron James. So um, I'm not concerned. I think the Lakers are playing this as, you know, I think they're playing it correctly. I think, again, health is going to be what makes or breaks this team. And so whatever it takes to get to the playoffs healthy, I'm all for it. And now we've got people asking about Dennis Schroeder. When is he coming back? Will Dennis come back against the Pacers? That is the earliest he, he would be eligible to come back. It's It's up to the NBA. Like this isn't even up to like the Lakers doctors or anything like that. Um, this is an NBA thing because it's it's COVID protocols, and it all depends on that. He might be able to play against the Pacers. Maybe he's not cleared until the next day against the Pelicans. Maybe he's not cleared at all, and we don't see him until the play-in tournament. That's also possible. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping that he comes back and gets to play against the Pacers and the Pelicans, gets those two games under his belt. I would like to see the Lakers, even if they don't play their guys very much, which I could see very much, very easily happening this weekend. Right. The Lakers only play LeBron, say, 15 minutes or something like that. Right. Just to kind of like we said, bubble wrap them. But I want to see the legit starting five on the floor getting some minutes together. I'm talking about LeBron, Schroeder, KCP, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. That five man grouping has had hardly any court time together. And so I'd like to see that group get some run Saturday and Sunday, even if it's limited time, just get them out there. And then you head into what's probably the play in tournament. How crazy is it that we're talking ahead of game 71 out of 72 that we still want to see the Lakers starting five? <laughs> it, it's really nuts. And I know part of that is Drummond, right? Him coming in part of the way through, right? right. Going off the bio market. But still, I mean, it just goes to show how injured everybody has been this season and how much COVID really affected everything. We came into this season saying depth will matter more this season than ever before. And the Lakers still didn't have enough depth. And we said the Lakers had built an incredibly deep team. And it still wasn't enough because of the guys who got hurt and, and had to deal with COVID. Yeah. So uh, fingers crossed that, you know, Frank Vogel and the guys get to get it together and figure stuff out along the way. I, I trust the Lakers that they'll do that. But, you know, as a fan and, you know, as someone that watches the games every day, it would be nice just to get some, you know, visual affirmations that the team will be good once everyone's back and healthy. I, I I do believe that in my heart, but I do want to see it also. Robert Gonzalez makes a good point and said, Hey Trevor, I think LeBron is targeting a game where everyone is back on the team. That makes sense too, right? If, if you're, sure. if you're LeBron and the number one concern right now is, do I actually have chemistry with the guys that, that are going to be in the foxhole with me come playoff time? And you look around and you go, Oh, well, Caruso's not going to be there and Schroeder's not going to be there. How much chemistry am I really going to build with some just funky rotations? AD is not going to be on the floor. Why bring him back for that game? Maybe that factored into the into the decision as well. 
Yeah, I definitely think so. I think if AD suited up tonight, I think there would have been a better chance LeBron plays too. But, I mean, it's a good point for sure. Uh, no Alex Caruso, no Dennis. So uh, let's just assume that those two are back healthy on Saturday and Anthony Davis is returning as well. I think LeBron comes back that day too. So, yeah, great point. Were you were you fired up like I was when LeBron said next week we start our, our – he said something to the effect of we, we start our push to, to go back-to-back. Or I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But when he said that at the, the banner unveiling – uh, that, that was when I went, oh, right, yeah, LeBron locked in. Now, it made me feel a little bit better, at least, that he's planning to be out there shortly. Oh, yeah, I was ready to run through a wall, man. Uh, it was banner night. I've been waiting for this for almost seven months now, so I, I was ready to do anything. And so when you hear your leader say that, like, of course you're fired up. So, yeah, I'm super excited. And uh, it does sound like he's going to return soon, hopefully, obviously, barring any setbacks. But it does sound like he's on track to play soon. So looking forward to that. I, I miss you, LeBron. <laughs> we all do. We all do. All right, let's get into the master lock of the night. There's got to be something to master lock from this game. Fire it off in the comments down below. Let us know what you would would like to see or who you would like to see put in the master lock from tonight's game. Matt Peralta, who is getting put in the master lock tonight? Uh, so I feel like I should throw a bone to the Rockets fans and not master lock anyone from there just because I know the season has been so rough. Like, it doesn't it feel so long ago that the Harden thing, the uh, Harden drama was. Oh, no, Matt, I'm getting comments. People say master lock Matt's hair. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I mean. It's all right, guys. Uh, you're not going to hurt my feelings too much. I'll just, you know, cry a little bit later. But anyway, um, aside from my hair, which is obviously a good choice, I think. Um, I think I got to master lock the NBA schedule, man, because like I got plans this weekend and I'm trying to figure out what when I'm going to go and what, what time. Because for anyone that tuned in late, I alluded to this earlier, but the NBA has yet to release the times for the games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a report that the games were going to be between 1230 to 3.30 Eastern time. And then they later backtracked and said, you know what? Actually, after some feedback, it could just be the, the games could fall in those times or out of those times, which essentially just says they could be literally whenever. So therefore, I'm going to master lock the NBA schedulers because, again, your boy isn't trying to figure out last minute plans. So Chris Masters get to the league office, tell them to fix those times out right now and release them. That's right. I, I like it. I like it. I, it is. I know we've got a couple of days, but still it's weird to just still have TBD for the games on Saturday and Sunday. So I think that definitely is a good one. Uh, I am going to master lock from this game. No one from this game. <laughs> I'm not going to master lock anybody from this game. Instead, I think tonight's master lock goes to the Utah Jazz. Come on, Utah. What are, you, <laughs> what are you doing? And I know we just got through saying that they, they didn't tank the game on purpose or anything like that, but they had a lead. The Portland Trailblazers are not a good defensive team. They had a lead, and I know the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley, but still, you couldn't have stepped it up a little bit and got the job done for the Lakers. Utah Jazz, help us out just a little bit there. And get the win over the Blazers. Now it looks like Utah has sealed the Lakers' fate 
to be the seven seed and in the play-in tournament. But maybe it'll come back to bite them if the Lakers do indeed wind up in that eighth seed at the end and then the Lakers get the Jazz in the first round. Maybe that would be a little bit of karma after what we saw tonight. So my master lock goes to the Utah Jazz for dropping this game to the Blazers. Conversely, couldn't we master lock the Trailblazers for winning the game? Yes, but that's kind of, but I, you expect the Lakers to go out or the, the Blazers to go out there and do everything they can to try to win. But you also would expect the Utah Jazz to win that game, right? Like they're the one right. seed. They're the one seed in the, in the West. They should be walking away with the W in this one. And they just didn't get it done. It's surprising that good teams will lose games when their best players are out, huh? Yes. Yes, it is. Terrible. For anyone that wants to complain about the Lakers losing games with LeBron James and Anthony Davis out, just wanted you to know it's not a Lakers-specific problem. <laughs> That's true. That is true. It is something that happens. Uh, Erica Cardenas says, Trev, making progress on the new studio. Yeah, so this is the... Well, the temporary studio anyway. This is the workspace that, that we've set up for now. I was seriously, during the game, while I had the game on, I was just kind of putting some things on shelves and things like that. So it's not done. Not done. But this is basically what's going to look like for a little bit until we get the full studio set up. So at least it's better than the Home Depot bucket that you guys got to see on last night's show. <laughs> uh, I've got a comment here from Akuta Bavadas. Uh, said a super chat tip for your barber. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, this is a $10 message to let you know that your hair is awesome. And Trevor should get the master lock for reading those comments. Oh, man. He even put money on it to make sure that he was giving you the, the props there, there, Matt. And uh, I have never felt so good on a post-game show. Wes Matthews <laughs> playing well and then this comment. So the t- who, was that, who was that from? Uh, that was from one where it's flown past me now, but it was from somebody in a super chat. Whoever that was, man, hit me with a follow. I'll send you some stuff, man. Like that just made my night. I feel so much better now. I'll cry a little less. They even donated 10 bucks just to make sure that they got that through to you. So, how nice right? is that? Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Wow. I was about to quit doing these post game shows too, but I guess I can stay around. For <laughs> but a now bit. it's like it's like you've been reinvigorated. That just that picked you right back up, and now you're good to go. Uh, I am the West Matthews now. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm fired up. And West, yeah, West Matthews had a nice night tonight. But in the starting lineup again, one three, three boards, one assist, one steal. I mean, look, the counting stats not great, but I thought he made some nice plays defensively, and I liked that the Lakers have been able to really put him on a variety of different players on the defensive end of the floor. Like they, they used him on Kelly Olenek. I mean, Kelly Olenek isn't exactly a bruising big man or anything like that. Certainly not with that hair, but I mean, Wes Matthews was still able to play defense on him successfully force the turnover in the critical play of the game. Good stuff so far. I mean, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, what do you hope to see from Wes Matthews? What's realistically what you would like to see from him? I think what he's done these yeah. last couple of games has been it. Yes, uh, these conversations give me so much life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, on a very serious note, I, I genuinely feel like the Lakers play really well when, when Wes Matthews is in. He's a veteran guy. He knows his role. He knows exactly what he needs to do when he's out there. Doesn't doesn't do anything extra. Just goes out there, plays hard offensively, You know, takes threes and, and you know makes the extra pass defensively. 
uh, will check bigger wings, even smaller or like stretch bigs like Kelly Olenek, like you mentioned. And, you know, he, he just knows where to be at all times. So uh, Wes is just a gamer, man. He, he is so solid. And, you know, I know the counting stats weren't great tonight, but I thought the impact tonight was, was excellent. Um, I, I literally laugh every time someone tries to post up Wes Matthews. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it He's w- a little undersized at 6'4", but, you know, guys just have such a hard time nudging him off his off his spot it's a little bit josh hart-esque if you remember that isn't it we said josh hart is west matthews yeah, yeah. Jo- josh hart in 10 years is, is west matthews pretty much so yeah props to west man stan from youtube said do you still have championship hopes no seventh seed in nba history has ever won a title yes yeah, this year 100 i still have championship hopes absolutely because you look at the circumstances if you were to ever pick a team that would finish in the seventh seed that could win an NBA championship, wouldn't that be the Lakers? Wouldn't the Lakers be the most like if you were to look at every seventh seed ever throughout NBA history and you were to say that's the team that could do it, that could win a championship, wouldn't the Lakers be the top of that list? Just because nobody's ever done it before doesn't mean the Lakers can't do it right now. They're the seventh seed, not because that's where their talent level is. They're the seventh seed because they've been besieged by injuries, because they had a 71-day turnaround between winning a championship and starting a new season because of COVID situations and all of that kind of stuff has combined to create this drop where we've seen them fall all the way to the seventh seed. I, for, for one, definitely still think the Lakers can win an NBA championship this season, and that's that would be my goal going in for them. I'm not looking at this as, hey – you know, second round exit. Okay, we're good. That's still successful. No, it's still a championship or bust season in my mind. Yeah, I think if there was ever a season where seeding doesn't matter nearly as much, I think it's this one. Um, and I'm actually very surprised that in NBA history, there hasn't been a team where their best players have missed, you know, a decent amount of time that forced them to tumble down the standings and then got back healthy and then ramped up and then went on to make a run through the playoffs. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet. But uh, like you said, if you had to pick any team, in this case, in particular, a LeBron James-led team, I think you pick this Lakers team. Uh, they have the requisite talent. They have the coaching staff. They have the depth. They have the experience. Um, there are a lot of things working in the Lakers' favor. We always talk about what works against the Lakers, yeah. but there are a lot of things working for them as well. So, um, like I said, seating doesn't really matter this year, just given the situation with the pandemic, the shorting offseason, the games, COVID, etc. Like, all of those factors do play a part, but I think in this case... Uh, well, no matter where the Lakers finish, they could finish in eighth for all I care. Uh, and I know an, an eighth seed's never won a title either. They could do that, and I'd still pick them to go all the way. Just because, again, once the, once the games start to matter, I've got a healthy roster, you know, fingers crossed, right? I have that. I'm taking the Lakers. I, I still, you know, I'm very confident in the team. The, this three-game winning streak has been really, you know, good for the team as a momentum builder, I think. There's two regular season games left plus the play-in tournament. So I think there will be enough time for them to really, you know, ramp up like we've been saying. And so um, I, I still have championship hopes for sure. I don't even really care about the seeding. We we refer to the matchups or we refer to the playoffs more in matchups, not really a seeding. Right. So yep. um, how that breaks will also play a part in the Lakers' favor. So all in all, I still feel pretty good. You know, I mean, would it, would it be nice if they were like, let's say the one, two or even three seeds? Sure. But, like, that only really guarantees them an extra home game. Um, in any series, I'm still going to pick the Lakers regardless if they started out on the road, which that will be the case all the way throughout the playoffs, I think. so. Yeah, yeah, that, that's going to be the situation. But I still think the Lakers can get the job done. Now, will they? We'll see. I mean, the, the West is going to be tough. It's not easy. The Clippers are good. The Suns are good. The Jazz are good. You've got a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. It's not going to be easy, 
But, I mean, look, Vegas still has the Lakers right now as the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. And I think there's a reason for that, right? They, they are still the team that is seen as the favorite right now. Um, not to say that, again, it's going to be easy, but I still have high hopes for them this season. Uh, YSL4L from YouTube said, Trevin Matt, it seems pretty clear that Keefe is better as a starter. Do you think eventually in the playoffs... Keith will replace Drummond in the starting lineup. Tonight, Markeith Morris in a kind of a surprise start. 23 minutes, 2 of 4 from 3. That's right, Markeith Morris got that up to, what, 3 for 30 now? Over his last three yep. three-pointers. Uh, four boards, four assists, 14 points, uh, 2 of 2 at the line, and 5 of 12 shooting overall. Pretty decent night from him. So what are your thoughts on Markeith Morris, and do you see the Lakers eventually going small with AD at the 5 and Markeith Morris at the 4 and Drummond? on the bench. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question just because I think this can go a lot of different ways depending on who the Lakers are playing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers went with a three-guard lineup to start. Um, so something like AD, LeBron, Alex Caruso, Dennis, and KCP, for instance. I wouldn't be surprised if they went that direction. But if they if they want to keep a stretchier four out there, keep LeBron in like the quote-unquote point guard role, uh, I can see I see, I can see Keith starting for sure. Um, I, I would think that they might start Kuzma. But I, I think, you know, like you said, it was interesting that they started Keith tonight. I think that was really just to let's get him some more minutes because, you know, Frank Vogel's been kind of rotating guys in and out. So um, do I think Keith could start in a playoff game depending on who they're playing? Sure. Um, do I expect it? Not really. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's capable. Like you said, I think he, there's something about Keith starting versus coming off the bench. It's the same thing with Kuz. Like he, he usually has a good game when he starts also, mm-hmm. but I think in Keith in particular, he just seems to get his rhythm more throughout the night as he starts as opposed to coming off the bench. So there, there, I think there's some validity to that, but I, I don't expect it to happen. But in the event that they do want to go small, I think Keith would be the first call up. I actually think there was something to Kyle Kuzma not starting tonight. I think that Frank Vogel is kind of he wants Kuzma to be in a rhythm coming off the bench because that's where he plans to use him come playoff time. And that's why he didn't sure. put him in so he could keep that bench rotation at least somewhat similar to what he's actually going to see. But I think that, that what it all comes down to, when we look at the Lakers bigs, whether it's Markeith Morris, Marcus All, Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, the only thing that's going to matter is the matchup. As long as all of those guys are in rhythm, and you can call upon, and Frank Vogel feels like he can call upon any of them when the moment comes up. It's going to depend on the matchup. If there's an advantageous matchup where playing Markeith Morris makes sense, like we saw last year in round two against the Rockets, he will play. If it calls for Andre Drummond, it's going to be Drummond. If you need a guy with size but floor spacing, it's going to be Marcus Gasol. If you need the scoring punch, Montrezl right? I mean, he's got these different guys to call upon, and it's going to depend on what the other team has. We tend to focus in so much on oh, well, I think I think Gasol is better than Drummond, or I think Drummond is better than Trez, or, or whatever. I don't think that's going to matter all that much. I think it's going to depend on what the other team is bringing. Yep, versatility is the name of the game in the playoffs. And what we saw with the Lakers last year during their championship run was that they had the ability to stay big or go small. Um, that is the case this year, especially after adding Andre Drummond. So you have your typical bruiser, you have your scoring big off the bench in Trez, you have your floor spacer in Mark, uh, and then you have a stretch forward in Keith. Um, it really is just the matchup. So however Frank Vogel wants to attack a certain opponent, that's who he's going to start. And at the end of the day, whoever starts really doesn't matter. It's always going to be the crunch time lineup anyway. Um, and that one is always going to be Anthony Davis, LeBron, 
and then three other players to fill in depending on what you need. Do you need more scoring? Do you need ball handling? Do you need defenders? Et cetera. So that, that's really it for me. Three other players to be named later. Yeah, because Frank Vogel is going to kind of figure that out on the fly. But yeah, I think that is what's going to be most important. It's going to depend on what matchups are working, what are, what's not. Uh, I've got Bob Bill from uh, from YouTube said, do you think LeBron will be rusty in round one? I mean, yeah, I would think that there's no way that he wouldn't be, at least to some degree, right? I mean, to only play two games at best before jumping right into a playoff scenario. I'm assuming that by round one, we're we're including the play-in tournament in that he's going to be rusty, right? I mean, Anthony Davis, it took a, a couple of weeks, right? A week and a half for him to really get acclimated again and look like he was himself again now I don't know that it's going to be the exact same with LeBron James very different player different style different person but still I I think that yeah different injury as well I think that it's important that we that we just acknowledge that yeah there's probably going to be some degree of rust hopefully it's not too much but I think we should expect it yeah, I think so. I, I said this on the last show that I did that the Lakers are going to be probably their most vulnerable in round one. Uh, LeBron being part of that equation because uh, any level of rust is is going to happen regardless of how good of you are as a player. Uh, you know, LeBron has essentially been out for two months now. Um, I know it's a high ankle sprain, and you know it's different from the injury that Anthony Davis suffered, and that may be why he took a little longer to get back up and running. So. Uh, I think LeBron is going to look a little bit rusty, especially in that first game. Uh, he comes back, whether that's this weekend or, you know, next week, let's say maybe they just want to save him until the play-in tournament, for example. So uh, I think there is going to be a, a degree of rust for LeBron James, but it's 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 freaking LeBron James, man. Like, I, I think he'll figure it out. Um, will it take a couple games? Probably. But will it take him, you know, the entirety of the playoffs? Absolutely not. I, I, I'd expect by round two, you see more normal LeBron. That's Yes, I, I agree. I, I like that. I, I need to get that printed out somewhere. It's freaking LeBron James, man. Like it, like that's that's what it all boils down to, right? It's LeBron, and so he's still going to be tremendous, even if he is a little bit rusty. Kyle Kuzma actually had a post game comment. I'm reading here from uh, our own Ryan Ward, where he said he's not worried at all about the chemistry of the Lakers with LeBron coming back because of the way he plays. He's not worried about LeBron. So I agree. Tom Lee said Trevor has a sword. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I actually forgot. I put. I forgot. I leaned that up back there. But yes, I have. That is something I inherited from my grandfather. It's an old World War II sword from a a naval admiral oh, cool. who who was. Uh, no, it's not a samurai sword. Uh, it's from a a admiral in the U.S. Navy uh, who was involved at uh, in uh, Midway in World War II. And so that's I just set it up back there when I was unpacking some boxes and stuff. It's not in the best shape. Trevor's but. actually a. Trevor's actually a longtime Cavaliers fan also, so that, hence the sword. That, yes, that's what it is. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I used to be a history teacher. It's definitely that I'm a Cavs fan. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, the chat. Oh, no, the chat. The chat. That's going to get clipped, Trevor. Y- you know yes, that. that is. That is. That's going to happen. All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll call it a night before I, before I say anything else. Let's see here. Okay, here's a good one. Zero Aces from YouTube. So Trevor, do you think if LeBron and this Lakers team win it all this season, the greatest of all time conversation finally comes to an end? In that in that LeBron 
LeBron is the greatest of all time. Like if the Lakers win coming from the seventh seed, coming from the, maybe even the eighth spot, right? If they win coming from that low of a spot, which nobody else has done before and they win the whole thing and it's LeBron, does that, is that it? Does that cement his legacy as the greatest of all time? Okay, so I have lots of thoughts on this question, but for the sake of keeping it brief, I'll, you know, I won't drone on too long. But I, Trevor, I actually hate the greatest all-time <laughs> debate. It is the single most, and this is probably the hardest dance I'll take on something on this show. Um, I think it's just the single dumbest sports argument or sports debate you can ever have. There's no set criteria. People are biased. Mm-hmm. Um People will upplay and downplay uh, players' accomplishments depending on who you lean on. So uh, to answer this question, if LeBron wins this year with this Lakers team as the seventh or, heaven forbid, the eighth seed, the debate's not going to end. You know why? Because they're going to throw out things like, oh, LeBron has five titles, but he lost in the finals X amount of times. Oh, doesn't have the clutch gene. Oh, you know, X, Y, and Z issues with LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell. Like, all these players that you can make arguments for because there's no set criteria, like I mentioned, you're always going to have this argument no matter what. If I think LeBron wins with this Lakers team, I personally think he's the greatest of all time. I'll say it right now. Um, I personally think that, but do I think the debate ends? Absolutely not. So, it... (laughs) I mean, would it be amazing if he did this? Would this be a check mark on the legacy? Absolutely. Does it make his case stronger? I think so. But do I ever think he's going to catch Michael Jordan in the eyes of a lot of old older folks who have watched the NBA for a long time? Absolutely not. Uh, and if, even for this younger generation, I think there's going to be another player that comes up that they'll start caping for and arguing for. So it's just an endless circle of, you know, it's this player, it's this player, it's this player. In this case, I think it is LeBron, but do I think it ends the debate ultimately? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not ending the debate at all, right? LeBron could win the Lakers an 18th championship, which I didn't mention that angle too, win an 18th championship, the most in NBA history, put them ahead of the Boston Celtics. He could win it by his shoes catching on fire NBA jam style and doing a front flip dunk at the buzzer. And you still wouldn't have an argument that he is the, the greatest of all time, or you wouldn't have a consensus, I should say, not an argument. You wouldn't have a consensus that he is the greatest of all time, right? Because you have so many people who are just, the knee-jerk reaction is, who's the greatest? Michael Jordan. That's the accepted answer that's out there right now, and that will not change regardless of what LeBron does in the playoffs here. Now, could he make the argument stronger? Can you get into even more of a debate? Can he add more ammunition to his side? Yes, but there are people out there who will not accept that LeBron is the best. They will still argue that Jordan is the best, no matter what LeBron does. And as time goes by, as we get distance from a player, then we can see that player usually with a little bit more clarity. Sometimes we can be prisoners to the moment. And so as, ta- as the oh, yeah. years go by, we look back, and I think we can see the, that player with uh, a little bit less bias kind of clouding our, our opinion of them. But the problem is they didn't play in the same era. So... For example, like people, oh, there's people who don't understand how dominant Will Chamberlain was, right? And so they look at at somebody today and they just assume that, oh, this player is, is way better than Will Chamberlain ever was. Like there's people who probably will say Nikola Jokic is a far better basketball player than Will Chamberlain ever was because they never got to see that. They never got to see him play. They never got to see that level of dominance. We're going to have the same effect with LeBron and Jordan because there is that gap between them where at some point LeBron is just closer to people 
who are now starting to appreciate him after he's retired and everything like that. And that kind of, you know, anger of playing against him is, is gone. That's all dissipated. And Jordan is far enough away to where they don't give him enough credit for what he did at the time. So I think, like you said, it's a tricky argument. It's one that you can't really ever get away from. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be people that say it's Jordan. There's going to be people, people that say it's LeBron, no matter what happens. Yeah, let me just end on this note. Um, cherish cherish great NBA players while you can. Um, I know we want to talk about who the greatest of all time is. We want to, you know, we want to cape for our guys. We want to root for the guys that we grew up rooting for. But at the end of the day, if you love basketball like me and Trevor do, uh, just make sure that when these guys are still playing and they're at their peak of their powers, that you're just appreciating the greatness that comes with it. Because we are so spoiled, especially as Lakers fans, like to get, you know, Shaq, Kobe. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting LeBron. We'll get Anthony Davis for the foreseeable free future. Insert, you know, next superstar to come join the purple and gold. Like, we're going to be spoiled for literally ages. So, you know, as much as we want to debate who the greatest of all time is, if, if a good player or a great player or, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime player is on your team and they're playing for you guys, I feel like you should enjoy that. So forget the debates, forget the arguments, you know, get off Twitter, get off Reddit, stop arguing with your friends, just enjoy basketball and enjoy the guys that are playing for your teams. Just that's 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 all I wanted to say. I think that's a pretty good spot to uh, to end it on. Way to sum it up there. Matt, all right, everybody, the Lakers are off tomorrow and the next day. They will be practicing, but they'll be off. Uh, no games until the weekend. When? We don't know what time they're playing yet. We're still waiting for the NBA to tell us, but we don't know exactly what time, but they're going to play the Pacers on Saturday, the Pelicans on Sunday. That's the extent of our knowledge. Just know that after the game, we will be doing our live Lakers Nation postgame show. Just like always, we'll break everything down. We'll talk about where things go from here, where the Lakers are looking like, looking like they're going to fall in the standings. Again, pretty likely they're going to be that seven seed, but we'll see exactly how things break down at that point. Make sure you guys do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and make sure you turn on notifications as well so you get notified every time we have a new video coming out. Matt, thanks so much for hopping on here with me and... Uh, Talking to the little Lakers against, well, what was kind of an odd night for the Lakers and for the Rockets. Both teams missing a bunch of players, but ultimately the Lakers walk away with the win. So I guess we'll take it. Yeah, I feel like I defended my hair more than the Lakers <laughs> defended the Rockets tonight. That, I believe, is accurate. All right, guys. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.